welcome to Evan Talks Podcast, a podcast about my, your and our mental health journeys. If you enjoy the podcast, it's available every other week. And why not follow us on Instagram and Twitter? Hello and welcome to Evan Talks Podcast. Um, just before we start this next episode, I just want to explain that there's been a slight change in plan uh, just as the season evolves. I'm learning quite a bit about myself. So I am... Um, moving the self-esteem episode later into into the series so that I can just do a bit more work on it. Uh, it must be the most difficult episode that I've ever had to try and record. So I'm, I'm working on that now and I didn't want to postpone another episode when I've got it recorded. So this week we're actually talking with Nicole around nutrition and, and mental health. So just wanted to kind of explain before we get stuck into the episode uh, without any further delay here's the episode recorded with Nicole and if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel there's a great video to go along with it so if you want to listen on YouTube this week uh, just to mix it up and watch okay thanks very much and I'll speak to you all soon hello and welcome back to Evan Talks this week we are talking nutrition following last week's talking around self-esteem uh, I thought it'd be a great idea to get a trained experts talk about nutrition because heaven knows I don't know enough about nutrition and healthy eating. So um, today we're going to be talking to Nicole from NM Nutrition. Uh, Nicole's been doing uh, her own company sort of nutritional advice and nutrition coaching since 2015. And and yeah, she's joining us today today to kind of talk talk about her her journey but also to give us some useful information around nutrition. So welcome, Nicole. Hi, thank you for having me. No, it's, it's a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to this one because I feel like I'm going to learn a little bit about nutrition that can help me. Um, but before we get into the nitty gritty, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into nutrition coaching? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I started... It happened a long time ago, actually. So I started training in the gym when I was about 16 years old. Um, and food became an interest to sort of just fuel my training. So I paid a lot of attention to that, you know, before and after, way back when I was a bit younger. So I, I ate well um, and I trained well and they seemed to sort of go go well together. Didn't really know too much about it at the time, but ended up, you know, being less hungry, performing a bit better um, and not aching as much after sessions, which was nice. And then people in the gym just that I, I would go with started asking for my advice. Um, and this was pre-qualifications. So I didn't have any idea really. Um, so I couldn't advise anybody. And I thought about that a bit more. And as it became quite an interest, I studied for my first nutrition course back in 2015. Um, and then I just started coaching my friends and family, um, you know, for free. I just wanted to help them um, alongside my current job. And it was just a real interest and, and almost like a hobby, really. Then I wanted to up my game um, as my business grew. So I recently studied with Mac Nutrition Uni um, to become an MNU certified nutritionist, which is the world's first evidence-based nutrition course. Um, fantastic community to be a part of. So yeah, that is the, uh, the most recent update. Okay. And um, you say your business grew. 
how many people or how much coaching are you doing at the moment with COVID and everything else that's going on? Have you got a lot, a lot going on? I'm currently running a transformation challenge, which has got 12 participants, um, all women, but I, I do coach men as well. And then I've got some one-to-one -one clients on top of that that I work with. So at the moment, it's, it's probably about 20 people that I'm working with. And with COVID, um, things were quite, definitely went quiet. Um, you know, people's lives changing a lot and yeah. uncertainty. But when I launched the challenge, which started on the 1st of February, I think it, the people that, are on it have said it's given them something to focus on um, yeah. whilst in lockdown and, and something to do so it's been really nice to be able to connect with people when serious things are going on in the world so good and how long is the challenge for just out of interest uh, it's a six-week challenge okay um, and it includes a weekly development talk with me so something I really like to do with my clients is actually make sure that they after their time with me they've learned absolutely all they need to know or almost all they need to know to be able to go and carry on their lives and you know use that um in their day-to-day -day life probably in the back of their minds without them realizing um but teaching them tangible stuff that they'll use and you know maybe pass on to their kids or their friends if, if they're struggling with anything so that's included as well that's very cool that's very cool so mental health and nutrition how's that linked that's a very that's a very easy question, but I'm sure it's a very complicated <laughs> answer. Very complicated answer. Um, and I, I think sometimes we use food as um, a coping mechanism. Hmm. So if we're stressed, sad, depressed, frustrated, um, we can quite often turn to food for comfort or pleasure. Um, and that's actually really common and something that probably everybody does. It's when that food, it was when food becomes our only coping mechanism, um, that it can probably start to have a negative effect on our mental health, especially if, I don't know, for example, you've had a really bad day, you know, you're not really not in a good place and you end up really overindulging in food if that genuinely makes you feel better, you know, great. We, we all do that. But it's when it's, for me, it's when it's followed with being ashamed or feeling guilty about what's happened and wanting to compensate for it by exercising or going to the gym or, or whatever that might be. So I think food can have a really big impact on, on our mental health, depending on, you know, it's a very individual thing. Some people go completely the other way. And if they're mm. you know, stressed, they, they might not eat at all. And that's still a level of control that you have with food um, on your body. So, yeah, I think that having a good relationship with food is something that we should ultimately always promote. Um, and if you are struggling with mental health and your relationship with food, is not very good and that's a byproduct and definitely something that you should work with somebody to to improve because it can be quite a strain um on your life from from personal experiences having a bad relationship with food um which i used to can really take over your life 
Right, and that bad relationship with food that you experienced, do you mind touching on that a bit more? Yeah, of course. Um, so I competed in a bodybuilding competition in 2017. Um, and I it took about six months to prepare for it. So I ended up being quite, well, really low body fat. Um, stepped on stage in a bikini with a spray tan looking very orange. Um, <laughs> is, that like mandatory? is that mandatory? <laughs> is that expected? Yeah, man, mandatory, definitely. Really? It's, an ex- oh. it's an experience getting the tan before the show. <laughs> There's a, yeah, and just before you go on stage, you get like a final glaze, um, like a donut, I guess. Do they have, some, do they have somebody there doing all this thing? Yeah, you have, to, you, you have to go into like a tent, huh. and take, take your clothes off, and there's just somebody there spray tanning you with like an industrial... <laughs> spray tanner is it's quite an experience wow okay <laughs> yes yeah, so that took me about six months to prepare for and part of that was having a very unvaried diet um if you think classic bodybuilding diet i was eating lots of eggs rice potato chicken steak um and not much else right. so that that happened competed in the show did really well, actually won. Oh, well done. Um, thanks. But what happened after when I went back to trying to live a bit more of a normal life, um, eat normal food, I couldn't stop eating the nicer things. So whether that be cereal, donuts, um, I became really fixated on food and it's all that I thought about really took over my life. I would go out for dinner have a three course meal. And then when driving home, stop off at Tesco's and buy two packs of cookies and eat them between Tesco's and my house, which was about a three minute drive. Um, So it was a real loss of control um, and binge eating period that lasted probably a year um, after the actual show. It took me probably a year or just over a year to actually stop, um, let alone get back into a position of regular eating again, or, you know, just, just being a bit happy and not being fixated on it all the time. So yeah, firsthand, I I understand how difficult that is and that feeling of loss of control and having nothing that you can do about it. Mm. And without giving everything away, because obviously it's your business, but like what, what, what helped you switch your, your mindset do you think was there one particular thing or was it a was it a gradual gradual process that meant that you could start having that healthier relationship with food i really wish that i had got a therapist um because after researching a lot more since it happened to me it would have been a lot easier um to speak to a therapist and understand the root of the problem so i do sometimes work with clients now who have binge eating disorders but it is always with a therapist it's never never alone I'm just not qualified enough to be able to deal with that Um, but working alongside a therapist to do both at the same time seems to work really well but I think for me the ultimate thing was I just stopped putting pressure on myself I think I was I noticed that I'd gained six or seven stone in in a few months it was really quite extreme 
and I was putting so much pressure on myself to have to lose that weight again and you know get back to the stage shape that I was in which is actually really unhealthy and I would never aspire to do that now but the pressure that I was putting on myself was not helping me to to stop it was just making it worse right so you so you're not going to compete again you've decided (laughs) I've thrown in the towel on that one (laughs) it sounds like it was a tremendous journey and and you probably learned a lot through it but I don't know if it sounds worthwhile doing again at the risk yeah there's um aside from that there's a lot of physical things that happen to you as a, mm-hmm. as a woman when you compete that things don't quite work as they should so yeah I wouldn't do it again to me it's just not worthwhile it's not worth the risk um definitely yeah. it wasn't worth the pain afterwards I know it doesn't sound like it, doesn't sound like it. <laughs> so what do you think in terms of nutritional information and stuff we were, we were kind of talking before this about miscommunicate uh, misinformation. Do you want to touch on that a little bit more? Because I, th- I think we both agreed there's a lot of misinformation out there at the moment, regardless if you're talking about nutritional information or talking about COVID or mental health, there's a lot of misinf- misinformation out there. So what is there in terms of what, what should we as normal people be looking for when it comes to nutritional misinformation and how would we be able to know what's right and wrong? Mm -hmm. There's definitely a lot of health related myths and misconceptions. Um, Some usual culprits that I can think of are the daily mail are famous for, you know, taking a head, taking some information and putting it into a very scaremongering headline uh, headline. So, yeah, I can probably talk a bit about these. There was one in um, the news a few weeks back and it wasn't, you know, front page Daily Mail news, but it was somewhere. Um, And it was that artificial sweeteners are worse than sugar. Um, They will make you fat and cause diabetes, etc. Something along those lines. Um, And what what they actually took that from is in a study, you know, they'll, they'll do a study and they'll be somewhere such as, I don't know, a McDonald's drive through at lunchtime. And they will pick people or hand pick things in, in the study where people ordered, you know, a, a lot of things on, on the menu. Maybe it's a large Big Mac meal, some sides, um, whatever else, and a Diet Coke. And then ask these same people, um, do you have any, you know, pre-existing health conditions, etc., and then handpicked more of those answers from that study to sort of make, make it look like it was worse than it was with the information. Um, and then they came to the conclusion that artificial sweeteners, so Diet Coke is worse for you than normal Coke because it's associated with diabetes, um, and other health conditions. So those are the sorts of things that sort of happen. And then the Daily Mail will turn it into a headline of artificial sweeteners are terrible. Um, And it's, you know, that's just not the case when you actually read into it. Another famous one is when I cut out gluten, I lost weight. Um, And this is more of a probably discussion point around your friends and your family might might have done this. They cut out gluten from their diet gluten exists in things like 
pizza, pasta, cakes, breads, you know, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> Naming everything I love. <laughs> and, um, and that, you know, they say they lost weight. So I've cut out gluten from my diet and I've, I've lost weight. And what they've actually done is created a calorie deficit from not consuming all of those foods. So that's why they've ended up losing weight. Um, and it, it's, it's not actually the gluten. So people that have celiac disease, people that are allergic to gluten, it's actually quite horrific and, and really not very nice mm. on your gut and your digestive system. So if somebody is gluten intolerant and you remove gluten from their diet, what you usually find is they actually gain weight um, because their body starts to absorb those nutrients again um, as their gut starts to heal. So yeah, probably from me on this, just don't believe everything you read in, especially when it's places like the Daily Mail or the Sun and maybe just have, have a read into it a bit more, do your own research. Um, I'm always talking about, you know, myth busting is one of my favorite things to do because there's so much information. It's hard to know what's right and what's wrong. So if it's um, anything like a magic pill or this does this, it's, it's, it's probably worth reading a bit more into it. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked a bit about how bad relationships with food can affect you or your mental health can be affected by bad relationships with it. How would you say nutrition can support your mental and physical health in a positive way? So I think just... Um, I can probably give some some tips for optimal health so probably don't fixate on one thing or don't worry too much about excluding things from from your diet you don't have to never eat i don't know i love almond croissants so i always use them as an example but to be healthy you, you can't you don't need to cut out the things that you like like that forever um so I think top tips would be have a healthy, balanced diet, which is the cliche thing to say, but that really is the overarching message. So thinking lots of plants, so vegetables, um, you know, grown things that grow from the ground, you know, raw foods, um, whole foods. So, you know, whole grain rice, things like lentils, beans, pulses, things like that are fantastic. Lots of fiber. Um, so getting enough fiber in your diet will help you to have a healthy gut and there are millions of connections between your gut and your brain so if your gut's happy that's satisfying that area of your brain so really really important to to get enough fiber in your diet and it's something that when I first work with clients and they I'll, I'll say you know give me a food diary for two or three days and I'll have a look at it and the fiber intake is usually really really low so it, it does take some some thinking about but not too difficult to get up to where you need to be which is probably about 30 grams of fiber a day okay. and then just minimizing your consumption of processed foods so that doesn't mean eliminating them um, but that means if a good workshop I like to do is have a look at your week how often do you eat processed food or get a takeaway and you know things like that and have a pot noodle for lunch because you're in a brush and just look at ways where you can eliminate that processed food element and, and make something that's a bit healthy but a bit healthier a bit more nutritious um, and that's not in in every single day 
uh, yeah. every single meal you don't have to do that but the majority of it should be a healthy healthy balanced diet and then finally i guess optimum health what should we be eating <laughs> i think okay. most of that very open question but yeah most of that i think i've just mentioned so healthy balanced diet plants um something i like to say to my clients when they go into the supermarket you know what vegetables should i eat or what fruits should i eat if you think inclusion rather than having to exclude any think a wide range of colors so the more colors that you can consume of vegetables and, and fruit the more likely you are to get a wider range of nutrients in right um, and if you can get this sound probably sounds like a lot but if you can get 25 to 30 different plants in your diet on a weekly basis, um, you're more likely to be getting the top end of the nutrients you, that you need. Right. That's a lot. 25 is a lot, isn't it? That's 25, <laughs> 25 to 30 different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not doing that. Okay. And then I suppose how, how how is your mental health do you do you i mean without asking you to go into too much detail i know you've touched on your past but in terms of what my podcast is all about which is mental health obviously do you feel that um you you have a good mental health this is kind of a question i'm asking my my mm-hmm. guests this season good mental health or mental health average no. Most of the time, I am in a good place. Um, I'm quite lucky I have a really good support network, um, which I think is really important. My partner is a huge support. We actually work in this office together most of the day. So we're spending 24 seven together in, in lockdown, um, which has actually been great um, to you know be able to spend it with somebody and having that support network all the time. when things get difficult um sometimes you know at the moment you really miss your friends and and family so having having being able to call those people as well i spend a lot of time facetiming my family and and my friends and just catching up with them and making sure that they're okay as well so yeah most of the time i am in a good place sometimes i have a bit of a wobble um but I feel like I've got some some okay coping mechanisms in place. I quite like to to meditate when I feel really overwhelmed. I don't ever really last very long because my thoughts are like just <laughs> flying around. But sometimes ten minutes can just you know bring me back down to a good place. So yeah, most of the time, okay. Good. Good. Well, it's been a pleasure to meet you because this is the first time we're meeting, even virtually. Um, uh, so thank you for taking the time out and, and joining us today. If people wanted to get in touch with you, how best could they do that? Um, probably head over to my website, which is nmnutrition.uk, um, or you can find me on Instagram. Um, or, yeah, those those are probably the best ways, to be honest. Any questions, sometimes I get quite a few messages through. So if you've got a genuine question that you want to ask, maybe it's best to email me, which is nicole at nmnutrition.uk. Great. 
Yes, and I'm following you on Instagram and seen lovely photos of your your little sausage dog. Sausage dog. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, what his name? He is called Rolo. He is Rolo. the light of my life. Oh. He's such a little character. <laughs> yeah, I've got a little French bulldog called Captain, oh. and he is amazing. Oh. And, uh, yeah. They make everything so much better during COVID, definitely. They do. Dogs are great for mental health. They yeah. love a cuddle, make you happy. <laughs> they're just so happy all the time. You can get excited yeah. about nothing and they just <laughs> love it. Yeah. You've come back from doing the shopping. Let's have a, let's have a play. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. Really good to speak to you. Um, and uh, yeah, if you need to check out Nicole's Instagram, it's at NM Nutrition, isn't it? At N- mm-hmm. yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode of Evan Talks. I'll be back uh, in two weeks' time, and we'll be talking more mental health and more about how we can look after ourselves and look after each other. Thank you, and I will speak to you all soon. Thank you for listening to Evan Talks. And if you'd like to know any other information about Evan Talks or you would like to get involved, please check out evan for more information.